Hey, this is Howard Jacobson. Welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm thrilled to be live today with Glenn Murphy. Hello, Glenn. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk about um, Sistema, which I think most people have not heard of. And it's a, a martial art. And I, I got into it because a friend of mine um, told me about this guy who had brought it to the West, a guy named Vladimir Vasiliev, but he told me to go watch some YouTube videos. And I did, and the first one I watched um, made me believe wholeheartedly that it was a total fraud and a scam, because <laughs> Vladimir was sort of walking around the room almost like he was dancing, and all these different martial artists from various traditions were attacking him with full gusto and basically falling down pretty much on their own. I didn't actually see him touch them. I didn't see him exert any effort. And so for about five years, that was my impression, right. that, that this was just some, some big hoax. And, but, but still, a friend who had told me about it was a pretty credible guy. So I had, then I, I looked up Sistema in North Carolina and found you, and you came over to do a, a, a private class with me and my son, Elon. And after about a half a second, I was a believer. Um, so I've been doing Sistema, I guess, on and off for a couple of years. And what I've come to realize is that it's far more than a martial art. And so that's really what I want to talk about today, kind of the, the, the physical, psychological, and spiritual health aspects, which I guess are kind of all tied together for me in, in terms of neurology. Um, so if you could, maybe you could start by just uh, saying a little bit about what Sistema is to you top level, and then we'll start to dive in. Okay. Um, well, I've heard it said, so this is not my own coinage, that Sistema is a, a system of neurological, physical, and spiritual conditioning that also just happens to be a highly effective martial art. So that's kind of one way of looking at it. Um, where it differs to other martial arts is that it's not really a collection of techniques like throws or grapples or joint locks or something like that. I've certainly um, done enough of that in the past before I came to Sistema. Um, it's actually a collection of principles that allow you to um, understand yourself, your body, your own nervous system, uh, your emotions, and the, the limitations that you place upon yourself, either in the way that you live or in things that you've accumulated um, in your psyche, um, just through living a normal uh, human experience, and trying to understand what those limitations are, and then kind of step by step cleanse or remove as many of them as possible, leaving you kind of freer to interact with the world in a more authentic way. And one byproduct of that is um, when you're attacked or you face stress situations, um, you can kind of bypass the sympathetic nervous system response that starts to kind of get people fired up and fighty um, and act in an appropriate way rather than have to rely on kind of a, a cache of go-to techniques for trying to deal with the problem. And on a kind of, um, on, on a wider level then, this, this, this approach is a little bit different to other martial arts which kind of either teach kind of blend or defend or attack in response to a stress situation or a problem. Um, Sistema does none of those things. Sistema just asks you to be normal <laughs> in the face of danger, normal in the face of fear, and to understand what's, what's driving your reactivity. And then not to react, um, but to act appropriately. And that can, the response can range from anything from just taking a breath and realizing you don't need to be stressed, or taking a breath and realizing you don't need to be arguing or fighting with this guy in the first place, or um, as complex as disarming somebody with a knife and <laughs> redirecting it towards him so that you don't um, get hurt yourself and you're able to survive and live another day. So people train for all kinds of reasons. Um, many I find start Sistema because they're looking for a self-defense aspect. They want to find something that's practical um, and Sistema seems to offer something different to, to some other kind of traditional martial arts. Some come to it because of the, the exoticism. They, it's Russian and, um, and it's Western, which is rare. Most martial arts are kind of um, Buddhist or Taoist in origin and come from China and Japan, those kind of areas. So it, it looks kind of alien. It looks different um, to what you'd normally uh, associate with a martial art. Um, but regardless of why people start, I find the reason they stay is quite different. 
is because they've realized the profound effect that Sistema as a system can have on their life and their happiness and their well-being. So let's, uh, before we dive in, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of threads I want to follow there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that wasn't much of an overview then. No, no, it was, it was great. I, I, I'm having to stop myself from going deep right now. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we've already talked about some concepts that are a little bit counterintuitive to the, the rational Western mind. So I kind of want to like put your credentials out there a okay. little bit. You're, you're not just a, a system <laughs> teacher, right? You're, you're also a... Uh, a published uh, author of books on science. Yeah, um, my background was actually in science and genetics and uh, evolutionary biology. So I studied um, genetics at the University of Aberdeen and then uh, I lived in Japan for a couple of years ostensibly to study Aikido. I was, I've always been involved in martial arts, um, but usually just from a, a physical perspective as a way of kind of keeping fit, moving, defending myself, that kind of thing. Um, I spent a couple of years in Japan uh, studying Aikido and learning the language and basically just, just trying to figure out what I was going to do next after, uh, after kind of my undergraduate and because I wasn't sure I wanted to do a PhD, which was where most of my classmates were going. I was certainly offered a couple of PhD um, opportunities, but I just wasn't sure I um, wanted to go that route right away. Um, and eventually came back from Japan and studied a master's in science communication at London's Imperial College of Science. Um, and medicine, and then ended up running the learning team at the, uh, or a learning unit at the National Museum of Science and Industry in London, where I used to design exhibitions, uh, design science shows, and uh, I was an education kind of advocate for the museum with uh, government and other things like that. Um, so I've been involved in science or science education for most of my adult working career, um, and martial arts was always a hobby or a sideline. Uh, and then when I moved to the States, I began writing popular science books, of which I've had 26 published over the past eight years, um, which are sold in various forms. And those are mostly aimed at um, teenagers, um, kind of kids and teenagers aged kind of eight and up for the most part. And your most famous title, of course, is? is uh, Why is Snot Green? Yeah, now in 14 languages, and uh, has sold over 350,000 copies, I think, worldwide <laughs> since 2007. So my mother is so proud. She's the snot guy. Right? Um, so yeah, basically I write books about innocuous questions that kids ask about science, and then try to lead that into a discussion of complex ideas in science, like uh, how a respiratory system evolves, or um, how your neurological system got to be the way it is. And it's amazing how you can get from snot and farts in a spacesuit to complex ideas in science fairly quickly if you have the art for it. Um, so basically I was doing that um, when I first moved here, and I was also training Aikido, and I was teaching Aikido a little bit when I was in London. And um, But I came across this time first um, with a guy called Sam Benson, who was teaching Sistema at Imperial College. He was at also actually a, um, a postgraduate. He has a PhD, I think in, I want to say it's um, neuroscience, but it might be, um, it might actually be something a little bit different. Um, but he's still there at Imperial College. So he was a, a science guy. And um, I went to train with him. He was teaching in the basement of a pub in, the, uh, of, in Imperial College within the campus. And uh, they were training on hardwood floors and in no mats. And I walked into the room, and these guys were just throwing each other over their shoulders and onto hardwood floors. And I thought, my God, somebody's going to get killed here. You know, <laughs> my whole experience in Asian martial arts was about you know staying safe and break falling and rolling and having mats and things. And we certainly trained on some pretty hard surfaces in Japan, but um, frozen tatami mats and things like that. But certainly not hardwood floors or concrete. And here with these guys landing as softly as cats and I, it just didn't make sense to me and then when I started working with Sam the instructor he was very humble he was very kind everybody in his whole class was extraordinarily helpful um, and though they outclassed me clearly <laughs> in many many ways they didn't seem to gloat about it or be too happy about that all they wanted to do was help me to become a better uh, mover fighter and happier person myself um, and Sam himself was just uh, a class above what I could do after years of studying Aikido and arm locks and things. Um, he, I couldn't get any of my techniques to work on him and I thought, okay, beginner's mind, here we go, back to the beginning. And that kind of started my kind of uh, affair with Sistema everywhere. And I started uh, learning at that point. And then when I came here, I got a chance to train with Vladimir Vasiliev, who you've already mentioned, who uh, runs Sistema HQ up in uh, Toronto. 
and from that point onwards, it was kind of uh, no looking back. And it's it's been an interesting journey because I think I used to look look at it through the lens of a scientist, uh, being trained as a scientist, what works, what doesn't. And I certainly used to do that with Aikido. I used to try and break down the biomechanics and sort of say, you know, they'll teach it in a certain way in Japan, and some of it's semi-esoteric, and they talk about blended energy and chi uh, or ki and all that kind of thing. But a lot of the time, I found that the people who were good at Aikido were the people who understood balance and proprioception and just good movement and the people who focus too much on the airy fairy stuff the key stuff um, missed the point and didn't pay attention to the really important principles of just keeping their body straight or moving well <laughs> um, so I kind of that concreted my idea that um, martial arts were were fascinating but there were, you could look at them with a classical standpoint you could study them and break them apart into pieces like you were dismantling a machine and put it back together and thereby learn faster and coming to Sistema that idea has been completely undone in me and, uh, and now I have a uh, I'd say a completely separate view even though I still consider myself um, classically minded and scientific I've been exposed to too much um, and the learning method has been too effective in the absence of that for me to claim that that's the best way to learn, so, among other things. <laughs> so are there other aspects of Sistema that, that challenge your scientific mind? That, that Absolutely, yeah. I, and you mentioned um, having seen a video of Vladimir doing kind of no-touch takedowns, the people kind of flying around when they're trying to attack him and little or no co contact happening. Um, and certainly throughout martial arts, there's this idea of uh, blending the force and redirecting power and how if you have good movement and technique that you can overcome a larger adversary and that's I think that's not how with the realms of physics you know if you have a uh, you know I think it's Archimedes that said if give me a long enough lever and, a place, and the right place to put it and I'll move the earth right it's the same kind of thing if you understand your physics and you understand levers um, then you can overcome superior forces and weightier people um, just with technique um, but what's kind of challenged my perceptions has been ideas of when you train with people who are really good with Sistema it seems like they can read your intentions they understand how and when you're going to attack before you even do um, and there's a lot of kind of um, psychology involved I'm not saying that it's out with the realms of science that it can't be explained by science I think a lot of the things that the Russians um, teach sometimes it's kind of traditional language which is uh, used to describe something that's since been proved by neuroscientists and, and just phrased in a slightly different way um, but I don't think everything that's contained within Sistema has been adequately researched yet or broken down by science yet and I think sometimes the, uh, the heuristics or the rules of thumb that are used to teach Sistema are far more useful than attempting to break them down in a, in, in a biomechanical way so there's there's definitely things within Sistema that have challenged me again and again and just when I think I've got a handle on it and that I can understand it and I have my scientist's hat on and I'm quite proud of myself for understanding what just happened I'll go up to Toronto and train with somebody really good and they'll just uh, completely confound me with their abilities being able to detect an attack from behind without seeing it being able to um, shoot at a target 30 feet away blindfolded um, and hit it 9 times out of 10 turning around in between uh, all kinds of things that I've experienced with the, with the Russian with the, with the really well trained masters especially from military backgrounds it's been, uh, it's been astounding to sort of see what they can do and how they can do it and their version of how they do it might be a little bit uh, their version of how they describe they can do it might be kind of seem counterintuitive to us but that doesn't mean it doesn't work <laughs> so, so um one of the things I've experienced as a, as a, a beginner yeah. in Sistema, and I've been a beginner for a long time, I suspect I'll be a beginner for a long, <laughs> long time, um, is the idea of getting de-adrenalized. So you talked about at the beginning of um, turning off the fight or flight response. And the martial art I had done earlier was Krav Maga, in which that the whole point was to work myself up into a frenzy right. so that I could bypass my, you know, my nice guy mind and do what needed to be done. Hmm. What, so, you know, the, the fight or flight response has a physiological purpose. Hmm. What's, what's the rationale for turning it off or, or not being like in its grip? 
Uh, there are two, really. Um, the first is that when that kind of sympathetic nervous system response, even before the actual fight or flight response, which is typically the phrase that's used to characterize adrenal dump, that's when you get full on adrenaline dumped into the system. Um, and there are a whole bunch of other physiological outcomes from that, right? The heart rate goes up, stroke volume in the heart goes up, um, blood flow is redirected from the digestive organs towards the muscles. Uh, vision becomes more acute in a narrow range, but peripherals die away. All kinds of things happen when that adrenal response pumps in. And even before that, there are smaller neurological changes that happen as your, as your sympathetic system takes over and prepares you for what might become a fight or flight response. Um, but I think the two things really. Number The first is that to understand that once you're in that situation, what your body is preparing you for is one of three things. And this is kind of our evolutionary kind of uh, heritage which has given us this. Everybody talks about fight or flight, but nobody talks about freeze, which is actually the most common response. So what actually happens when you go into kind of the adrenal dump is first you freeze like a startled rabbit or a deer. Depending on the length of your training or your experience, after a half a second or three seconds or as long as a few minutes, you might or might not come out of that freeze. <laughs> and then at that point, you either start to run or you start to fight. So you either um, retreat from the threat or you'll plow headlong into it. And the redirection of blood flow is preparing you for one of those two things. But there's a freeze that happens before the fight and flight, and that's worth understanding. Um, in Krav Maga and other styles which assume an adrenal response in any threat situation, they basically say, well, it's going to happen. So try and get over the freeze when it happens as fast as you can, and don't run away because that probably won't help you. So just plow through aggression straight in. And there's certainly some merit to that. And Krav Maga does exactly what it's designed to do for its ready soldiers who have to go from naught to, to 60 immediately you know, in their years of national service. And it was designed to prepare people who are ostensibly civilians for military-style fighting in a very short time. And it does that um, in, a, in a crude kind of way. Um, it will do that. What Sistema says is that um, once you're in that situation, you don't have fine control. You don't have fine motor control. And actually, it's not just Sistema, but neuroscience says that as well. You lose the ability to um, perform fine motor skills, which means you'll have to depend on kind of big slugging motions with the arms, kind of closing, grappling motions, shoving, pushing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but if there's a way to prevent that, if there's a way to circumvent that system, and it's not usually a case of de-adrenalizing yourself. Once you're adrenalized, you're adrenalized. And it's, it's really hard to bring yourself um, back out of it. The, the hormone takes a while to remove itself from your system. So once you've allowed your nervous system to get that far and the adrenals have fired, you're basically in the grip of, of an adrenal dump. What Systema does instead is raise the neurological threshold through training um, above which you'll enter that state. And so you can be exposed to more and for longer before you will actually experience adrenal dump. Um, soldiers and other people and uh, boxers, people with MMA fighters and things like that, some of them will gain this ability just through sheer experience. They're just far less afraid of what's happening because they've just done it, they become veterans. And so it will take longer before that kicks in. For the rest of us who don't fight every single day, don't want to fight every single day or possibly ever, um, it's, we have to train in specific ways in order to extend that threshold. Um, so that's the first part of it, is that the adrenal dump is typically not a good thing and it doesn't allow you to react normally to situations. It forces you to either fight or run away and that's the only two things that you can do. Running away is always, by the way, a valid self-defense tactic. I'm not saying that. We, we very much value running away um, for the most part. Um, but if you choose to fight in an adrenalized state, then your fighting will be sloppy at best and dangerous at worst to yourself and to possibly to people who are protecting you. Now the second part of this whole so, thing is, yeah. sorry. So, just be, so if you're fighting in an adrenalized state and you're yeah. sort of um, strong and sloppy, yes. that means you will win if you have advantages over the other person, like you're stronger or faster yeah. or have a hot, longer reach or way more. Like, like assume, assuming, they, assuming they're not trained in a, in yeah. a you're, you're, when you're adrenalized, you're relying, you're rolling the dice, right. essentially. Yeah, and, and to be clear, being adrenalized doesn't make you faster at all. It, it makes you temporarily 
stronger up to a point. It does not make you faster, and it certainly doesn't make you more skilled, it makes you less skilled. So any training that you have, and this is commonly seen with, um, in lots of other martial arts, can actually go out the window the moment you're adrenalized and you just wrestle like a six-year-old, <laughs> in spite of all the kind of high-end concepts that you've learned, right? So in a sense, if you don't train for this, if you don't train your nervous system, and you don't train uh, to understand your psychological and physiological responses to fear and danger, then you're almost wasting your time from a pure self-defense perspective. Um, so that's one part, that's why we do that. The second part is, is that it's, a not, it's not a healthy way to train. If you're training yourself to fire yourself up all the time, to stimulate your sympathetic nervous system, to spend more time in your life fired up, tense, blood racing, blood pumping, you're actually spending time in which your body cannot prepare itself. It can't dip back into that parasympathetic state in which digestion, repair, recovery happens. And, and this has long-term effects for your health. Um, lots of diseases are dependent on stress reactions, oxidation, and, or accelerated by them. Um, and just for your general mental well-being day to day, if your default training response to a perceived threat is get fired up, plow into it as hard as you can, then this doesn't bode well for people who cut you off at a T-junction when you're <laughs> driving your car, or people, your boss at work who sends an a possibly inflammatory email or something like that, your default response to, to conflict, even in small ways like this, becomes to accelerate it, to, um, to conflate problems and then to add to it and escalate the whole time. Whereas in Sistema, um, what we find is the longer people train, the less conflict they seem to find in their lives, in spite of the fact they're better able, better prepared to deal with conflict. It just doesn't occur because um, we don't do things that, do, that exacerbate the problem when the potential for conflict arises. And also it has long-term benefits for people in terms of health because they just get a bit better blood flow, their bodies are allowed to repair more. And we send people with um, long-term injuries, musculoskeletal injuries, and, um, and even to the extent of neurological problems that have actually healed themselves through systemic training. And again, this can sound a little hokey, as if, well, well really, heal yourself from like a, a bone fracture or something like that, or a long-term tendon tear or something. Um, but if you think about it, it's, it's not all that far out there. All we're really doing is allowing the body to rest in motion so that it can repair itself. The body's always repairing itself. It's just we're, we're very good at getting in the way of that and continuing to uh, worsen old injuries and, and problems. So system allows your body to take a breath. So what, what are some, um, some typical things that people come in with, let's say, um, you know, folks come in from, from martial arts because there was an article in Black Belt that this is the most effective fighting system ever. So people, but um, I came in from, the other, from another place, not really from martial arts, and I'd like more people to come into Sistema from, you know, right. civilian life. Yeah. Living in, in the modern world, is already sort of disease causing in, in many ways. What are, what are some of the sort of problems that you see with our lifestyle that Sistema can sort of address either you know, quickly and some obviously take more time? What do you see just you know, being human in this culture that, that we can work on? I think um, a few kind of common ones are just general kind of detachment from your body and how it feels. And that, that might sound quite general, but as a symptom of that, you can get problems with, um, with overeating or undereating. Um, you can have problems with uh, sleep and sleep deprivation because you don't understand when your body's trying to wind down and you keep it fired up for too long and then you have difficulty uh, sleeping. Um, so, I, th I think just the general trend within Sistema of training to understand how your body feels and when and where you have tension helps you to kind of nip things in the bud a lot quicker. So common problems that I see with beginners coming in with are muscular tensions that they're convinced are deep bone problems. They've gone to chiropractors and they've gone to osteopaths because they're convinced they have like a bulging disc or a uh, one leg that's longer than the other, and therefore the hip's always busted, and there's nothing that can be done, and medical science is just given up on them, right? And they're forced to attempt alternative therapies. And 
it's stunning the number of people who initiate systemic training and then fail to complain about those problems ever again because a lot of the time these problems that are perceived to be in the bones are not at all they're actually in the nervous system and the way that the nervous system regulates tension in the body so in a very real way um, long after we're actually injured our bodies maintain the injury in a nervous way we uh, labor our movements, we change our gait, and we do things that cause imbalances of the musculoskeletal system, which in turn cause um, chronic pain and sometimes um, disability. Um, but a good number of those things can be reversed just by realigning the body or allowing the body to realign itself by becoming cognizant of what's going on with your muscles and your tension. So back problems, hip problems, problems with feet. I've had lots of people have complained that they had plantar fasciitis and they have to wear orthotics in their shoes. And I just recommend that they walk or train barefoot and then just keep doing systemic style massage. And a lot of the time that kind of thing just clears itself up completely. Now I'm not saying it's a panacea and it cures everything and everyone. Now obviously if you're missing a leg or you seriously, and you have steel pins through your knee and things like that, you, it's gonna take a lot more work or you might never regain your full range. But there's this concept of psychological range and functional range with um, with body movement in particular in which what we perceive to be the range of our shoulders or our hips or the ability to twist our necks is not at all what it can actually do and if you knock somebody unconscious and then move their arms and legs around typically you can <laughs> not that we do this one <laughs> but if you were to um, say you're moving a, a limp hospital patient from bed to bed or something like that you see that they're extraordinarily flexible somebody's unconscious you can usually touch their nose to their knee quite easily by either way right? um, but while we're conscious we protect ourselves our nervous system protects us from over flexing or extending and we narrow the functional range of our bodies in that way but the physiological range the possible range of movement is much wider and what Systema does is shave off some of that and that's psychologically derived restriction so that you can get closer to your true range and you become freer. So not necessarily flexible, but free. Um, so on a kind of gross musculoskeletal level, it has lots of benefits like that. So yes. deeper still, there's even things to do with digestion, other things that I've seen cleared up with people with training, and to say nothing of psychological disorders. Well, let's, let's get to those in a second. Okay. So how, how does the system work on neurological and muscular systems differ from say stretching mm -hmm. or yoga? Or other, other modalities that are supposed to get us in touch with our bodies and, and get us more flexible or freer? I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily so different from yoga. Um, to, the principle is more or less the same. It's to, in yoga, you're looking to put yourself in positions such that you can feel your body or release certain joints or release um, chains. Uh, of muscles and fascia that form throughout your body um, and understand then how you track yourself um, with movement. And there's a lot, a lot of breathing and um, coordination of breathing and movement in yoga, which is shared in Sistema also. And on a very fundamental level, pretty much all martial arts seem to derive in some way or another from breath and yogic practices in India like a few thousand years ago. And so there's only so many kind of ways you can skin a cat in a, in a certain sense that way. Um, but I think what Sistema has done specifically is to um, single out breathing and the activation of as many parts of the respiratory system as possible in the action of breathing and feeling how that changes pressures within your body not just within the lungs, but the net effect of expansion of the lungs and how that compresses tissues in your, your arms, in your fingers, in your legs. And once you get a sense of that, you can use it as like a self-diagnostic mechanism to, to feel where um, areas are too tense, where you think you're relaxed, but you're not, and where that pressure is just not um, along with it. Blood flow is not circulating freely. And so once you understand that, you can apply yoga-style stretching um, Systema style stretching is really not too different from yoga or some, somewhere between that and isometrics or something like that. Right? Um, but it's applied in a way that doesn't force you into new positions. It allows you to ease yourself in, back into true range and true flexibility, restoring function and res restoring freedom of the joints. So I don't think it's necessarily that different from yoga, just the emphasis is slightly different. And I think if yoga is done well and properly and practiced slowly over a number of years, you're probably going to get a lot of the same benefits that you see 
in, in the stretching side of system. It's just that most people try and do too much too soon, put themselves in difficult and uncomfortable positions, and then they're not breathing and they're just kind of trying to, I don't know, get to the end of the class without looking too silly and they're falling over. And then, um, and then that work becomes counterproductive. If you're not completely comfortable throughout that kind of work, you don't really make any real progress. And Sistema emphasizes comfort over results. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and just you know, picking up on that, one of the things that's been amazing to me is the feedback that I get when I do a good move mm -hmm. is always arguing with my experience of it, which was, well, that wasn't very hard. I didn't, I didn't, that was too easy. I, didn't, I couldn't have done anything with that push or, or strike or takedown because it felt too easy. Right. And it's, it's hard for me to trust that using less energy, less force mm -hmm. is actually more effective. But that's been my experience. Yeah, that, that seems like it should be a paradox, but it's actually not. It's, um, it's explainable in biomechanical terms in that if you isolate one area of the body, like an arm, and try and use that to push and pull somebody around, you're engaging some large muscle groups and you're neglecting the rest of your entire body in that movement. But if you can unify as much of the body as you can in the way that systemic movement does through relaxation and feeling where your body is, then you can apply about a good amount of your entire body to every movement that you make. It, you become more coordinated and instead of using one muscle to an extent of 90% of its full capacity, you use 300 muscles but to 5% of their contractile capacity. And the combined effect of that is greater than the sum of its parts. So it's um, so in a biomechanical sense, that's why easy moves uh, are more powerful and they seem to work. The reason why they work <laughs> on an opponent is something else, can be something else entirely. It's not just because they're stronger, it's also because they're harder to perceive. Um, because there isn't one obvious body part doing the pulling, the pushing, or the attacking. It's hard for the opponent to understand how you could be generating that power. And so on a psychological level, they don't brace up for it in the same way as, as they do if you, you know, raise a shoulder, raise an arm, and try and swing your arm at somebody or something. So, so there's a couple of different parts as to why that works. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's both one of the most confounding and satisfying <laughs> aspects of Sistema is when you get that feeling when you do something and it just felt easy and right. right? And the, the goal in Sistema training is then to kind of remember that feeling and just keep doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. right. so you mentioned earlier that you can improve digestion and various other bodily systems. How does that work? Well, uh, again, just getting in touch with your own tension means that, um, and not allowing yourself to get into that sympathetic nervous system state so many times per day. I mean, we all do kind of cycle up and down the psyche kind of peaks and troughs throughout the day. Um, but the more you train and the more in tune with your body you get, and specifically the more aware of changes in breathing um, you become, then you can kind of flatten out those psychological peaks and troughs and avoid going into that sympathetic state where blood is diverted from the organs. Right? Um, most of us don't face marauding tribes or man-eating tigers on a daily basis. We don't face the things that our fight or flight response was evolved to deal with. So instead, our brains being what they are, they seek dangers. They try and seek out fears in order to deal with them in some kind of way. So we see the threatening email from the boss or the guy in the car next to us that's cut us up as the same kind of level of threat, level of threat in some way. And throughout the course of a day, we'll start to take on kind of uh, contractile postures, which look like, if you, if you saw them happen all at once, it would look like flinching. It would look like somebody burst a, a balloon next to your head and you, your neck turtles into your shoulders and your shoulders come up to protect your ears and your throat and you, know, you crouch and you fetalize slightly. So those postures happen in people who sit at computers working all day getting stressed out because in a very, very subtle way, they're responding, they're, their stress response is telling them you're under stress, this is not good, your blood pressure is up, you're experiencing you know, a lot of things that you don't enjoy, discomfort, and then the body responds by going in a very, very subtle way into a posture, which in turn increases that response and makes you feel like you're under pressure, pressure under stress, and you have to spiral. So the kind of physiological alignment, the musculoskeletal alignment, and the awareness of that that I was talking about helps you to avoid that, it helps you to keep better posture or to be more aware of when that's falling out of shape. So that's one aspect of um, how that will allow digestion to continue to do its work. Another is that 
in kind of parallel with the systemic system, there are Russian health practices such as intermittent fasting, um, which will kind of give your digestive system a chance to kind of rest and recuperate in between American style binge eating <laughs> and eating of processed foods and other things. Now granted if you eat as healthily as you do uh, off, a, off your own farmed goods and generally of like organic whole foods, you won't face so many of those problems. Um, but in kind of modern society with the, the dietary choices that most of us are faced with through no fault of our own, um, we do accumulate um, inflammation in the intestines in specifically and problems with stress-related problems in the stomach itself, you know, gastric problems. Um, and just giving the digestive system a rest through practices like intermittent fasting will allow that, that inflammation to dissipate. And I've found that's been, on, on a personal level, I've, um, my family has a history of kind of inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, and I used to get terrible problems eating mostly wheat-based things. So uh, I have a kind of like a low-level wheat allergy. It's not like Crohn's disease, but it's in that kind of mid-range that some scientists recognize and others don't. <laughs> and, um, but I found that systemic practices and specifically the intermittent fasting, just once a week, just allowing myself to, um, to, to fast and let the system kind of reset has done wonders for my ability to leave the toilet in less than two minutes. <laughs> so when you do intermittent fasting, how many hours without food is that? 24, um, but typically it doesn't involve going out without a meal for an entire uh, solar day. So if that sounds kind of strange, but typically what you'll do is you'll get to 6 p.m. one day, you'll eat a meal before 6 p.m. for dinner, eat breakfast, lunch, and then dinner. And then you will take the process where you basically don't eat all evening, you'll sleep through half of your fast, you wake up, you don't eat breakfast, you don't eat lunch, and you don't eat again until 6 p.m., 24 hours later the next day. So in effect, it's just like skipping any snacks that you would have had between 6 p.m. and midnight that night, and then a breakfast and a lunch, and then you come back around again. And the first couple of times you do it, you know, you can feel lightheaded, you get kind of withdrawal effects from kind of being so used to eating sugars. And, um, and then as you get more used to it, it doesn't become a problem at all, and your concentration is fine, your body feels as strong as it did. I can teach you know, several hours of classes on a fasting day and not feel like I'm um, affected in any way. So most of the, the purported effects of fasting uh, are psychological for most of the time. They're kind of psychological withdrawals, but um, far more learned people than me have written about fasting and its benefits on, <laughs> on the internet. So obviously people can find out from those if they want to. Gotcha. <laughs> So when you talked about the, uh, the fetalizing, going into a, a tiny fetal position at your computer desk, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've seen um, for in myself that I've been working to, uh, to overcome is that we, there's an epidemic of bad posture yeah. in, in this society. I really saw it when I went and moved to Africa for a year and I saw people who didn't walk <laughs> like this. It's like everyone is hunched shouldered, head forward, <laughs> neck up, and, and you can see we are our caricatures of old people. Right. Yeah. Is, is just, it's not inevitable. It's just the, the daily uh, toll of that kind of posture. Do you find that people who do systemas are standing up straighter and taller and re reversing that? Yeah, absolutely, well, for the most part. I mean, I would be a hypocrite if I said I had perfect posture all day long. I don't, um, but I'm much more aware, I think, of my, own, of my posture. And I'm able to hold it in relaxed positions even when it's slightly out of alignment um, in a more relaxed way. So that kind of, there's a trade-off between those two things. The better you get at system, the less you have to keep perfect posture all the time because you're, you're able to relax uh, systems around it. But um, certainly when I'm driving in my car or when I'm watching TV or things that um, require you to stay seated for long periods of time, now um, I set my seat so it's far more upright. I uh, prop myself up if I'm um, watching TV at home or something like that. And in general, I don't feel like doing those things for very long without moving. So if I'm driving a car, I'll stop every, you know, at, at the very most every couple of hours. And um, I'm quite known, well known at gas stations for doing slow push-ups and squats and getting weird kind of looks from people because uh, while the tank's filling up. But it's, it helps to kind of dissipate that problem and that epidemic of sitting and the epidemic of non-movement slouching and poor posture that we have and, and not just in this country but I think throughout the Western world for the most part. It's kind of and it really is that way it's sad that people associate that shape with old age. They're like, well what happens when you get older is that you get you shrink, your shoulders get rounded, you get smaller and you become more and more decrepit until you die. And that's not necessarily true. Of course you can't stay off aging forever. But you can stay healthy and mobile well into your old age. And even in the Western world, people have demonstrated that they can do that. People like Jack Lalanne, the fitness enthusiast, trained 
you know, lightweights and calisthenics every single day of his life from when he was 19 years old and died at 92 with much the same flexibility and strength as he had when he was 19. And it just kind of shows the power of this use it or lose it mentality. And I think systemic training is just one way of kind of tapping into that and understanding that it's imperative that you take notice of your body and it's imperative that you continue to use your body um, in ways that you want to in the future. Otherwise, your body will do exactly what you ask it to do. If you slouch into a chair and sit there eating uh, Cheetos all day long, then you become a highly efficient fat gathering slouching machine. <laughs> and your body will help you do that over time. So, you're talking about people sort of living a long life and taking care of their body. When you look at a systemic class and you see people punching each other, like I, I was not prepared for that when I walked in. I remember the first day that, that I was getting struck and it was very it was really light mm -hmm. but i'd never been hit in the face before right and so someone might look disclaimer we don't hit beginners in the face all the time on the first day so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'll drop that in right now <laughs> no I've been, I've been going for several weeks <laughs> before before that happened right. and it, it didn't it didn't really hurt yeah. like even you know two seconds later it wasn't it wasn't a painful punch mm -hmm. it was just something that i had never experienced right and i did and i realized how much fear i had around trying to avoid the thing from ever happening. And like right. once it happens a few times, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. But the thing that has amazed me most about Sistema is that almost every time I'm doing something wrong, the way you help me fix it is to think, tell me to think of it as massage. Right. So can you talk about the, the integration of massage, both in the healing, and, in, and but in, in actual uh, Sistema practice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, massage has been, said by uh, Mikhail Ryako, who's kind of the head of our system, that um, Sistema is about 50% massage, 30% um, sauna, and 20% technique, 20% actual martial arts. So that's kind of like the amount of um, emphasis that's given to proper relaxation and understanding the body and keeping it in good condition before you even attempt to move it around or do things with it. Um, so in Sistema, massage is a very, very key part of what we do. Pretty much every class will have massage either at the beginning at the end, or sometimes during, kind of interspersed throughout other exercises and, and drills um, throughout the, the class. And the purpose of that is kind of threefold. One is to get us over the, one is just to get a reconnection with our own bodies. So we're, when we're being massaged, whether it's horizontally on the ground with people with their hands or with their feet, we do a lot of walking and stepping onto muscles. Uh, in order to generate more kind of uh, heavy pressure into the body and kind of break up tissues and things. When you're receiving that kind of massage on the ground or vertically in massage with a fist, <laughs> sometimes quite abruptly, as you pointed out, and it, it puts you in touch with what's going on in your body and whether or not you can you have areas of tension which are chronic or that you're holding there. So you can be massaged in one place and you'll be fine and barely graze another and you'll flinch or you'll laugh or something will happen. And, and that is a key indicator of imbalances in the body which need to be addressed for good health and for good movement and for any kind of um, combative application as well. So that's one thing. The second thing is just to remove the general fear of contact, which people don't realize that they have. I think it's, it's only comparatively recently that this has developed to, to such an extent. I think a good few hundred years ago, even you don't even have to go as far back as like when we were hunter-gatherers and things. You just have to go back a couple of hundred years. We wore kind of rough clothing fibers that were itchy and woolly and kind of stimulated our skin all the time. We, we lived in kind of in more contact with the earth itself, either we're farming or we're kind of smacking into things or grazing ourselves or cutting ourselves. And, my father owned a construction company before he retired and every year in between university I would work on the building site and I was, I'd come home covered in scrapes and cuts and things from orbital sanders and all kinds of stuff you know from, from a day on the building site but you felt alive because you'd been contacted all day long and for the first couple of days I was a wimp you know I was a kind of an educated intellectual kid who liked science who was forced to work on the building site. Um, but before too long, I stopped flinching and I stopped worrying about these little scrapes and things. And I came to enjoy the feeling of being contacted all day long and that started to remove some of the fear from my body. Now in the years since, not working on the building site, going back to the lab at the university, um, some of that fear of contact returned. And even though I trained a lot of martial arts and Aikido in particular and, th and thrown around and joint locked and all kinds of things, if, if you're never actually kind of struck or you never kind of contacted abruptly by another person, 
then on some deep level you begin to fear it. And then when it happens, when somebody bumps you in a crowded airport or um, you know just shoulders into you when you're going you know, past the queue in Starbucks or something like that, then you'll react to it as if you've been physically assaulted, which if you think about it, is ridiculous because you don't own or occupy that space that three-dimensional space on the earth, it wasn't your territory. Somebody else has every right to walk through it just because you've occupied it temporarily doesn't mean that that's grounds for a fight or something. So, and it's sad, I think, that sometimes when people, you hear about it all the time in you know pubs and things, people bump into each other and spill each other's drinks and that's grounds for a major assault and possibly a, a general term, <laughs> which is ridiculous over just simple human contact. It comes from fear. And if you can remove that fear, massage is one way that you do it, um, then it opens you up to whole new realms of human experience and whole new abilities to not get into trouble based on those things. And just to kind of interact with your environment in a, in a better way. You feel more like hiking and camping and getting out there and doing things that get you in contact with the, with the environment around you. Um, so that's kind of the second aspect. So the first is to tune yourself to your own body. The second is to remove the fear of contact. Uh, base level and the third is to actively seek to heal other people so not just for yourself but you learn the massage so that you can um, feel other people's tensions help them to remove them and accelerate their healing as well and you don't have to be a professionally trained massage therapist in order to achieve this you just have to develop some sensitive sensitivity in your hands and your feet and know what you're looking for so we train that as much as we do the ability to take people apart. You know? And as a side effect of that, understanding the body and its anatomies through touch rather than just on some intellectual level allows you to manipulate those things if you need to when somebody is grabbing you or uh, striking you or something else. You, you know where to grab, you know where the nerve nexuses are, you know where people tend to be tense and flinch and you can manipulate them much easier that way. So there's all kinds of reasons why massage is kind of central to what we do. In one of my experiences with that, there was a, a, a wonderful exercise where we're trying to take each other down by finding points of tension. And as soon as you find the point of tension that makes the other person vulnerable, mm -hmm. you put them on the ground and massage it. Right. So that yes. you know. So what I was learning there was, you know, to to a certain extent, the person that I'm grappling with in my mind, I had a construct of they're my opponent. Yeah. You never use that word. You always say your partner. Right. But still, I come with baggage. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you talk about a lot is you never fight angry. You never fight out of emotion, even if you're in a, you know, a God forbid, a situation where... Especially not if you're in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about the, you know, the, 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 the mental, psychological, almost spiritual attitude that you would have towards people that you're engaging mm -hmm. on the continuum from friends to mortal enemies. Yeah, I mean, it's something, again, uh, that far greater systemic adepts than me have uh, come up with. It's, it's the phrase that uh, when you work with somebody, and this is another phrase that we use, right? In other martial arts, they'll typically talk about when you fight an opponent, and we talk about when you work with somebody. So it's very much viewed as, in, in a sense, as if you're just doing a job or you're just doing a task. You're not trying to injure them. You're not trying to hurt them. You're just solving a problem physically in three dimensions. You're, you're trying to find the, the quickest solution to the problem of what's happened. And if the problem is an argument, then that solution might just be to breathe or to try and help the other person to breathe and calm down through subtle positioning or changing of your body language or proxemics, retreating slightly or anchoring your body, something like that. Um, and this has been much studied in other fields. Um, but if it becomes worse, if somebody's physically assaulting you, if they're grabbing hold of your body, or um, if they're punching you, or they're trying to, you know, God forbid, abduct you, drag you into a van, something like that, um, then you can either look at them as a whole aggressive lump of stuff, and you try to fight that stuff, punching it like a punch bag, or picking it up and throwing it around like a dummy. Or you can choose to remain human yourself, even when other people are exhibiting their worst inhumanity. You can recognize that you're human and so are they. On an emotional level, that enables you to circumvent huge fear responses, of which anger and rage are one, the main one. All of anger and rage, of course, come from fear, um, so that you can work more effectively in the ways we've talked about before. But on a practical level, it allows you to see the whole person 
you don't just try to hit them in the face because you hate their face, which is what most people do. Right? You don't just shove them back in the chest because they just did it to you. It, it doesn't become a, become a game of tit for tat, which ends with somebody unconscious or worse. Right? It becomes an exercise in seeing exactly what it is they're doing with their bodies and beyond that, what they want, their posture and their bearing will show you what it is they want from the exchange. And if you can see that, really see that on a deep level, then you get to some very, very interesting areas where you can start to put people on the ground before they realize what happened. You can strike preemptively before the other person begins to make his strike. There's all kinds of things that you can do from a self-defense um, point of view that grow out of just remaining human when you're in conflict. And, and that's at the worst end of things, right? And again, as a training mechanism, think about how valuable that is. Somebody's trying to hurt you. Somebody's trying to be, uh, to cause you pain, trying to cause, your suffer cause you suffering. And your fundamental response, your trained fundamental response to that becomes remain human, continue to see them as human, and then act appropriately. Not fight, not flight, not freeze, but remain human and deal with the problem. And that's the worst case. So think how much more useful it is for when it's not the worst case, when it's just an argument, or it's something that could turn into physical altercation, but isn't. Or it's stress that you're causing yourself, or it's you know, your mother-in-law giving you a hard time. I don't know. I'm sorry, mother-in-law, if you're listening to this, by the way. <laughs> she doesn't give me a hard time, but <laughs> she's very nice. But, but if your response then becomes trying to see not just the other person's um, body, but their entire point of view, then it, it primes you to react in different ways. It, it, it makes you react more authentically to other people in the world. And so, uh, not to go too far on it um, in a spiritual sense, but I mean, that's not too far removed from what Buddhism teaches or what um, kind of deeper levels of a lot of the monotheistic traditions teach. Um, you know, do unto others as they would have done unto you, or you know, cause no suffering in other people. And I don't think you can do that if you're a slave to your emotions, if you're a slave to physical momentum, it's impossible to react authentically if, if, if you're ruled by your fear and your rage. So that's why it's so important to work on this. And of course, none of us are perfect, at least of all me. <laughs> so there are gonna be times when you fail, but if those become learning experiences, and every time that happens, every time you shout at a loved one, every time you react to somebody in a way that you know was based on you rather than on them, then you, you're on a general trend towards compassion. You're on a general trend towards being a decent, good human being, or just a normal human being, not even necessarily a really good one, but just a normal one. <laughs> well, in my experience, is it's, it's, you know, the, the fundamental appeal of Systema to me is that it te it's teaching me in um, bigger and bigger ways to be able to pause, to have, to have choice, um, you know, like when I meditate, I want to scratch my nose, I want to get up, I want to write down something that I just remembered, I want to check the clock because it can't have been... The monkey mind, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And, you know, so the, and I just, um, and halfway through an interview with my friend Peter Bregman, who's just written a book called Four Seconds, mm -hmm. about taking a pause at work, you know, in life situations to, you know, to figure out what we want, and what I've really appreciated about Sistema is that it's training it on a phys physiological level and under much greater stress mm -hmm. uh, than, than meditation. So it's almost like if I can do it there, yeah. you know, so we, over the weekend we had a, I attended your, uh, beat, uh, again, the Beat the Odds class, and yeah. the, the, the last exercise was um, I was being attacked or worked with by three people and I was conscious of, being, of breathing and so I was telling myself well if I'm breathing then I'm relaxed and it turned out that I was anything but relaxed I was so you know adrenalizing fight or flight that you actually have to come and step in and, and stop me and then feel you know feeling the difference when I came back to myself um, that you know that it was amazing to me that I, I had choice in that moment, even though I couldn't, uh, I couldn't actualize it at that point. But the, but the choice still existed. Right. There's this an interesting little story from this one. So when I was in Japan, I visited a 
a a Zen monastery that was uh, a Buddhist monastery where they practiced Zen uh, on Skuba on Mount yeah Skuba San, so the mountain that overlooked the city of Skuba where I lived. And um, I didn't really know very much about Zen, and I turned up there because I heard there was a class five in the morning on a on a Sunday where the monks would allow foreigners, non-Japanese, to come along and just join in, basically. They didn't teach you specifically, you just sat there and did what they did. Um, chanted from Buddhist texts that you didn't understand and all kinds of things. But the idea was just to go there and sit and be still and you know, the whole idea of it. So I read about Zen and um, worked in an informal way, kind of on my own, reading books and things like that, but never actually been to a, a group practice. And, um, and I went there and practiced and had a good time and afterwards was talking with one of the monks and he basically related this axiom that they use I think quite a lot in Japanese kind of Nichiren Zen Buddhism which is the idea that every day is training and if you don't decide to stop to, to train yourself today to take a breath and be happy then when are you going to be happy? When are you going to decide to do that? Right? Is it tomorrow? Is it next week? Is it when you're 90? When your working life is over? Every single day, right now, is, is where you train to relax yourself and, and be good. And then, um, I didn't tell that story as if it was, that specific thing was mind-blowing. Here's the good part. I went back to the school that I was working at. Um, I taught English at a Japanese high school to, to pay the bills while I was doing Aikido over there. And uh, my good friend, Mariko Hayakawa, was there and I related the story and the starry-eyed foreigner like wow I went to a Zen temple on a mountain and the monk said every day is training you've just got to be happy and uh, and Mariko's response being Japanese was easy for him to say he's a monk what does he have to worry about <laughs> and I thought fair point you know she's there with two kids and holding down a job teaching a bunch of um, relatively unruly Japanese teenagers as unruly as they can get anyway and um, and it, and it's true, it's, uh, it's one thing to say I can sit and meditate and calm myself and feel my body and be at one of the universe in a nice, serene uh, space where, you, where you're not bothered by things. It's far more difficult to do it when you're being bothered by people, driving a car, uh, attacked by three people as you were on that Saturday. And if you can find that kind of calmness within yourself in those situations, that's a more valuable skill, surely, than being able to just, to having to segregate yourself from conflict or stress in order to calm yourself down. Being able to calm yourself down on the move and in the middle of it all, becoming the eye of that storm. I think that's that's the real skill, that's where it's at. And I think that's been shared by a lot of martial arts for a lot of years. Um, um, in sword martial arts, Miyamoto Masashi said, talked about the same thing, and got in Nosho, the Book of Five Rings. And, um, in kind of Taoist-derived martial arts like Tai Chi, they talk about finding that sense of the same kind of thing. But systems give me the, the closest, the fastest possible route to doing that. There's no kind of esoteric practice. You just do it. <laughs> and you keep practicing until you can do it, and that's it. So, um, but also, we help each other get there. Right? You don't stress yourself out too quickly. You ease up to these kinds of things. Yeah, all right. It's very helpful to me that I've never won or lost at Sistema. I've never had a match. There's no belts. Right. There's, there's, uh, there's no concept of overcoming another person. That whatever, whatever you are doing together with other people, it's for their benefit as well as yours. However it turns out, there's always learning. Right, absolutely. And those, those devices, the belts and the grades and things like that, they're, they're great for kids who need validation and well, arguably great. I mean, some would argue that those kinds of extrinsic rewards aren't even all that great for kids, right? They're, um, they're effective at keeping them coming back. They're effective at keeping people coming back and spending more money. Uh, but we don't have them in Sistema precisely because they're hooks for your ego. They're, they're ego fluffers. And for the most part, what we're trying to do in Sistema is destroy the ego. The, the ego as a, as a prideful and reactive thing that prevents you from connecting to other people and ideas. So we're, we're trying to get rid of it as much as possible. And, and some reward like that or, um, or competitions where you feel like you won or lost can only send you in the wrong direction, I think. So I wanna close by giving people a next step. Um, so if anyone who's listening to this is in the Triangle region of North Carolina, yep. um, how can they get in touch with you and, and experience a class? Um, well, you're welcome to come to any of our classes. We don't have a special beginner night or advanced night, as you probably gathered from the training methods. Everybody trains all at the same time. So beginners can come to any class they want to uh, on our normal schedule. And you can check our website at 
www.ncsystema, so that's system with an A on the end, dot com. So www.ncsystema.com and, and it has our full training schedule and the addresses of the venues and the times and there. And we have kind of offers for beginners if you want to do a, a month um, for a discounted rate, which is what we normally recommend, then we can do that. And you can just train at your own pace. If you try it and you don't like it, there's no... Uh, <laughs> that's fine <laughs> you can find some other way to realise yourself it's all good um, but we certainly welcome everybody and we welcome all shapes and sizes both sexes people of pretty much any age and um, we don't uh, we're not currently training children and um, we don't have a children's class uh, specifically so usually for the group classes the lowest age that we accept is 16 um, but there's technically no upper age limit on uh, the people that will take as long as you all um, as your doctor says that you're fit for physical activity then you can train system and uh, my oldest current student, I think, is about 62, um, although I have trained people up to the age of 18 before. So. <laughs> and for people who are somewhere else and want to find a, a Sistema class, it's not like you know karate or Aikido, there's not a dojo in every strip mall. There's not. Um, increasingly, though, there are, there's at least one Sistema school in every state, I would say. The East Coast is a pretty ripe area for Sistema, and uh, there's parts of California that are too. Most other places have a a club in a state capital somewhere. Most so, and the best place to go is um, RussianMartialArt.com. So that's the website of my instructor Vladimir Vasiliev, and that lists all accredited and affiliated Sistema schools. People with instructors who have trained directly under Vladimir, like myself, and who have been given uh, certificates saying that they're proficient enough to teach <laughs> Sistema. They will. There are some others which are just training groups, so that um, in small areas sometimes people get together study using Vladimir's DVD training materials and things, but um, they're not quite as desirable because it's kind of more of a hit and miss pop-up thing with those. So I, you know, I recommend RussianMartialArt.com and then go to the uh, schools section and then that will, it has a map and you can click on it anywhere, in the, actually throughout the world I think, but the United States map specifically um, tells you where the clubs are for the states. And it's, I think it's important to go through that website as opposed to just typing in Sistema yeah. Google, there's a lot of people who are doing things that look like Sistema yeah. and maybe don't have maybe the psychological or ethical underpinning. Yeah. Or because Sistema is just so damn cool, yeah. right? It's like you know, it's like really badass. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff out there that is a, a simulacrum of it, but is uh, you know not what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I can't um, I can't speak to those other methods because I don't teach them, um, but they're. They're certainly they're divergences from what we train. Um, th there isn't just one system, there are different styles, and um, there's some merit to some of the other forms and how they're trained, certainly. There's lots of other very effective fighting forms. You can learn to fight with lots of types of system, I think, and Russian martial art. Um, but if you're looking for the, the spiritual benefits, the healing, the ability to control your nervous system, and much of what we've been talking about, um, I can guarantee you'll find it in Vasiliev Sistema, the, 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 um, the Epco Sistema that, that uh, I train under. I can't guarantee it for the other systems. I'm not saying it's not there, uh, but I can't guarantee it. And certainly if you put Sistema into YouTube, you can find some pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> crazy Russian people throwing people around with fingers and all kinds of, or, you know, people doing machine gun drills and, and stuff that's, that's kind of out there. And that's not really what we represent. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's important to to feel safe where you train and to feel like you get what you came for. So um, I recommend RussianMartialArt.com because I can attest to the skill and the humanity and, and the ability of, of all the instructors that are certified by Vladimir Vasiliev. Great. And what about someone who's not ready to train or they're a little bit scared of martial arts but they, they want to apply some of the insights of Sistema into their life? Where would you tell them to, what would you tell them to do? Um, there are, there's a couple of good books. So. Um, Vladimir himself has written a book called Let Every Breath, all about the breathwork training of Sistema. And you can, again, go to that RussianMartialArt.com website and you can order that book. I think it's about 15 bucks or something like that. Um, and that will give you breathwork practices that you can try at home, um, which might introduce you to the idea of um, how to control your tension in your body and how to get more in touch with it. And uh, the breathing is the vast majority of Sistema. So if, you've, if you study that book very, very well, you can get a lot of benefits um, that you will get from training, a lot of them. It's, there's no real substitute for finding a group though, and for finding a, a, a very qualified 
uh, instructor so that they can kind of guide you on that path a little bit. Um, but certainly that, that book would be a great starting point for, for anybody who would be interested. And it's important to note as well that there's no prerequisite in the, of experience in martial arts to try Sistema. And in some ways it's actually better if you're a blank slate because you don't have to unlearn um, tension patterns and reactions from things that you've done before. So please don't be, a, uh, don't feel like, oh, I'm not ready for this and I'm not sure. I would recommend just going to give a class a try and then see how you feel about the people that you've trained with and see how you feel about what you did and see how you feel when you come out. Because one of the other tenets of our system is that you should feel empowered and strengthened and relaxed when you come from a class. You shouldn't feel so exhausted that you're terrified of being mugged in a car park on the way home. <laughs> so, it's, um, so that training should leave you feeling that way. All of your practice should build your body and your spirit. So it's, um, it's important that you find a place where that happens. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I've had nothing but good feedback from people who are completely new to Sistema when they've come and tried it because um, a lot of the time the reaction is that they're very they're overwhelmed by how friendly and helpful the people are. They have this image of martial arts of rows of guys in pajamas with black belts like smacking each other and you know doing hazing style things or something like that. And certainly that exists, but it's not us. So come give us a try. <laughs> we'll show you how it works. Awesome. Yeah. Glenn, thank you so much for taking the time to explain Sistema. Well, thank you very much.